Amen. Well, praise God. It's good to be here this morning. So glad that I'm able to share with you the Word of God this morning. If you would, go ahead and turn to the Gospel of John. Hallelujah. The Gospel of John. Hallelujah. Chapter 11. John chapter 11. Hallelujah. John chapter 11. Now, in John chapter 11, beginning in verse, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but in John, just want to give you a little background here, but in John chapter 11, verse 1, all the way through verse 44, we read of the story of Lazarus that was raised from the dead. You all remember that story? You're very familiar with that story? Well, Lazarus, we know, was a friend of Jesus who lived in Bethany uh, with his sisters, talking about Lazarus, uh, with his sisters Mary and Martha, but when Lazarus died... Jesus went to his tomb and raised him from the dead. Amen. Now look here, if you would, in John chapter 11, begin to read in verse 39. And we'll read down to verse uh, 44. Hallelujah. Beginning in verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. And the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Everybody say four days. <laughs> Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest live, that if thou wouldest believe, I'm sorry, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, Come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Amen. Ooh, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for understanding of your word and understanding of your scripture. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that's in this room today and the anointing that's in the believers. Allow me to teach or preach this morning, Father, that would most suit this occasion. So we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. If I were to take a title this morning, I would simply want to title this message, Don't Let the Stink Stop You. I do too, because it's true. Get that in your spirit. Don't let the stink stop you. Now just let that mull around in your head a, a little while, because I'm sure you'll think of something that stinketh, and you may have let it stop you. And if you would have continued on, 
you may have won another battle. Can you say amen? What are we talking about? The raising of Lazarus from the dead. He's been dead four days. He stinks. He stinketh. Amen. Don't let the stink stop you. Let me give you this example. Driving down the highway. Has anybody ever been driving down the highway? And all of a sudden, here comes that smell. A skunk. We've all been there. But this is a question. I mean, we, that happened to us coming home yesterday. We were driving down the highway, and Barbara said, you smell that? And I said, yep, skunk. But has anyone ever stopped and went back and tried to find out where that stink came from? Probably not. Probably not. You just what? You kept driving. You kept driving. We all at some times in our life are going to face things that absolutely stink. Amen. You've got two choices. You can either continue on or you can stop and allow that stink to rule your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Too many times. We allow the adversary to cause things in our life that absolutely stink. And we allow that smell or that stink to stop us in our tracks. Amen. I've been there. What were we doing? We were, pay- we were paying too much attention to what smells and what we could have done to correct it. It was easy to correct in that car. All we had to do was keep driving. About five miles down the road, that smell went away. Amen. But I have never, all of my life, as a little boy, in my dad's car, in, in our car with the kids, and kids would say, Dad, what is that? That's a skunk. Oh, it stinks. Yeah, I know it does. But not one time even one of my kids ever said, Dad, why don't we stop and let's go back and see what's causing all that stink? Not one time. Let me give you another example. As a, as a young 18-year-old, just graduated from basic training, just graduated from advanced infantry training. I had just been trained on any kind of weapon you can ever think of. I uh, received my expert badges and all of them. And I was trained to be a lean, mean, fighting machine. I thought I could whip the world and I wanted to go to Vietnam just as quick as they could get me over there. I was ready to go fight. I'd been trained uh, eight or nine weeks in basic, uh, 12 weeks in advanced infantry training and, and jungle warfare and all these other things. But when I arrived in country, I arrived in this country. I arrived in one of the towns called Cameron Bay. Me and about three or four hundred brand new rookies, grunts to be called to exactly. And we were all rushed into this uh, processing building. And we were, uh, had to be processed before they sent you to a unit to where you're going to be stationed the time that you're in Vietnam. Well, before I was 
sent to the unit that I was to go to, I was put on a detail. And the detail that I was on was I got to burn human waste. Right off the bat, I'm saying, wait a minute. This is not why I come over here to burn human waste. And you talk about a stink and, and, and a smell. I mean, you can, you can imagine hundreds of men going to these outside toilets. And we had to go to the back of toilets, pull out this pot that was in there that all the stuff was in. Y'all getting a picture of this? Well, the detail I was on, we had to go there and pull all those tubs out of the back of those bathrooms. Then we had to drag all the tubs over to the burning pit. Then we had to take those tubs, two of us, would dump what was in those tubs on the fire. Then after that, we would go get diesel fuel and burn it and set it on fire. And the whole camp enjoyed the aroma <laughs> of human waste. I didn't join the army for that. It stinks. It stunk. I mean, it was terrible. Black smoke just billowing all over that camp. And I mean, I got really upset. And I, I would tell my buddies, I, I said, look, I didn't work hard. I didn't train hard. I didn't go all that stuff through with those drill sergeants making me do all this other stuff. I wanted to come over here. I wanted to fight. And now you got me burning waste. Amen. But did that stop me? No. <laughs> I knew eventually. I, they kept me there for two weeks burning waste. Two weeks. Every day I had to go through that. Every day. But my orders finally came through. And when the orders came through, I was finally happy. But I didn't let that stink Stop me. Not one time did I ever say, am I going to do this my whole year here in Vietnam? <laughs> Not one time. But I got my orders. And I was sent to the company, uh, a unit that I was trained for. I, w I was trained to uh, guard for these other guys that were doing other kind of duties. And we were, we were my MOS was infantry. So we were guarding them while they were working. That's why I went over there. I wanted to help. I wanted to fight. I wanted to do these other things. But it would have been easy for me to let that get me all frustrated and stop. And I want to encourage everybody in here. Whatever stink you've been through, whatever smells you've been going through, don't you let that stop you. Because there's victory on the other end. There's victory on the other side. Amen. Many of us have stories of heartache that we could take turns coming up here and just tell each other about how your heart has been broken. And it absolutely even smells in the nostrils of God himself. But you can't stop. Folks, you can't stop. When you've got Jesus on the inside of you, you've got someone who's going to go with you through the stink, through the smell through the trouble, through the trial, through the heartaches, through all those things that you might have even said, God, how am I going to get through this? But you can. I said you can. Amen? Amen. I persevered through all of those things. 
You and I as believers, we need to persevere through some of the things that God wants us to do. Amen? (laughs) But I didn't allow the stink to stop me. Amen? And I want to encourage you as your pastor here. Don't you allow the things of the past to hinder you from hooking on to the things that you need to have for the future. You know, there's one thing you can't do. There's one thing you can do about the past is forget it. It's gone. I said, it's gone. Let's go forward. Amen. I said, let's go forward and be strong when we do it. Now look over here, if you would, in Matthew. Hallelujah. Let's look at another great example here that shows us the greatest example of what we need to do when we face situations like that. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4. Let me get over there. Matthew chapter 4. Amen. Matthew chapter 4. And look here in verse 4. Verse 4 says, But he answered, talking about Jesus. Uh, let, me, let me start up here in verse 1. They didn't have that up there. But let me start in 4.1. Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Folks, you need to realize when temptation comes, who it comes from. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Verse 2 says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was aftered and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made what? Bread. Isn't it just like the devil to come to you when you're tired and hungry and beat down, and full of trouble. Doubt is trying to get into your life. Have you ever saw where the adversary came to you when you were strong? When you were laughing, when you were reading, when you were praying, when you were giving God all the praise? He never comes around. It seems to me like when you're having things going really good in the spirit realm. See, he knows better than that because he can't touch you there. But where he can touch you is when you get down on yourself. When you get down on others, when you begin to allow doubt to come into your life that God cannot change the situation that you're in, that's when he'll come. That's when he'll come and try you and see if you really are who you say you are. Glory to God. But look here at verse 4. But he answered, Jesus, but he answered and said, it is written. Hallelujah. What a comeback. I said, what a comeback. To someone who's facing all these things. The first thing you need to do above all else when the adversary comes to you is what? It is written. It is written. It is written in God's Word. It's written in God's Word. Well, who's it written for? It's written for you. It's written for every born-again man, woman, boy, and girl that when the adversary comes and tries to turn your world upside down and you refuse to do that, you get in his face and you say, It is written. Glory to God. It's written. Amen. Even though it stinks. Even though it looks like things are going under. Even though it looks like my family is going to hell. Even though it looks like nothing's going right in my life. Even though it looks like God, amen, is looking at the things that you and I know that he can change. But we really can't just grab a hold of it. 
Hallelujah. I just felt impressed to say this before I go on. Is there anybody in here, of course you're here and you're listening, and you have, you have a house payment or a car payment coming up, and it looks like it's going to be a little tough for you to pay it. Would you be honest and raise your hand? Uh, car payment or house payment? Okay, name one. I said car payment or house payment. No, I'm talking about a house payment or a car payment. Anybody? Do what? Thank you. Well, you don't have to be sorry because the Lord specifically spoke to me about a car payment or a house payment. Now, if he would have said utilities, I would have said that. That's okay. That's okay. But I know what the Spirit spoke to me. Anybody. So everybody's doing good. That's wonderful. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Because God was getting ready to take care of it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, brother, don't take that as a rebuke. All that is, is you're not on the platform. You're not the one hearing from God. I am. And when God spoke to me about it, that's what he meant for me to do. Now, if he was talking to Brother Craig about it, he may have mentioned those other things. Y'all understand that? Ah, the pastor's being mean to Craig. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's good. Let's go on. Let's look at this again now. (laughs) But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How do you know it's pretty good that we can bet on everything that God said through his son Jesus is good? Because you know the adversary, he was lying to him. He knew he'd been fasting, knew he was hungry. And what is the first thing the devil does? He comes up and tries to tempt you with those very things. Amen. But in his wisdom, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of of God. Drop down here to verse 7 in chapter 4. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, it is written again, thou shalt not what? Tempt the Lord thy God. That's what he was doing. That's what the adversary was doing. He was tempting the Lord. Again, Jesus said, It is written. Folks, I'm telling you, you got one of the greatest weapons you'll ever have, and it's the Word of God. It's right here. When he comes, what do you say? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you start wringing your hands and you get all nervous and you get all upset. No. How about saying it's written? How about saying it's written concerning whatever situation it is you're facing? God has an answer for it. God has a proven answer for your situations. And it's found where? In the word of God. 
in the Word of God. Everything around you may look like it's going uh, uh, to hell in a handbasket. And it looks like everything around me is stinking. But it's not. You can't stop in no situation and allow the adversary to just keep piling this on and piling this on and piling this on and piling this on. You can't stop in the stink and, and, and expect God to help you get through it. Get out of there and get out of it with the word of God. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, I don't know who you're all serving. I'd like to think and believe that you're serving him. But if we're not careful, we allow things to get in the way. We allow things to get in the way, and they take the place of who we ought to be serving. We serve a risen Savior. We don't serve inanimate dead objects. We serve a a risen Savior. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 4.11, if you'll look down to that after Jesus did that, it says the devil left him. Why? Because he just thought he'd be good friends with Jesus and just leave him alone? Not. No, I'll tell you why he left. He used the word. Does the adversary stay around you long when you start quoting the word? Does he stay around long when you start telling him who you are in Christ? Does he stay around long when you start telling him that it's because of the blood of Jesus that has covered your sins, that you're a winner and not a loser? You're going over, you're not going under, you're, you're the first and not the last? Amen. Amen. That's why he left. Because Jesus used the word on him. He used the word. And as believers, if anything, that we need to use more. It's more of the word when the adversary comes against us. Nope, not this time, devil. And if you don't know what to do about the situation you're finding, get in your Bible, get a hold of your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or, or call me. If you're in a problem and you need a word for a situation, let's get you out of that situation. Call a fellow believer. Hey, I'm having trouble in this, and I, I, I just can't uh, uh, get some scriptures along with whatever it is I'm facing. Can you help me with one? Well, that's what we're for. That's what we're for. It's the word in you, Amen. That'll cause things to happen. Let me ask you this: Are the word? I wrote this down. I, I, it just meant so much to me. Are the words of Jesus? any less important now than when Jesus spoke them back then? No. There is no difference. I'll tell you where the difference is. It's in the people that's speaking the word. It is. Do you believe in what you're speaking? Amen. Are the words of Jesus any less important today 
than when Jesus spoke them back then when he was talking to the devil himself. Don't you think it would behoove us to see Jesus talking to the devil that way? And don't you think he was our greatest example? If Jesus can tell the devil where to get off, don't you think you and I can too? It's the written word. It is written. But it seems like as believers, our first excuse is, well, I don't know what to do. You know, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. I I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it's written. There's not a case. There's not a case you're going through that God's word doesn't cover it. Not anywhere. Amen. So it's up to us. Amen. To fight these battles. Glory to God. Amen. This is how we fight through situations in everyday occurrences in our life. Amen. Even when the stink is so bad, you don't know what to do. But you cannot let it stop you. The situations you may be facing today, don't you let that situation stop you from being who you know what God wants you to be. Who you know what you ought to do. Don't you allow the adversary to stop you right there and allow that stink to carry on. Amen. I said amen. Glory to God. Let me go on here. Hallelujah. It's the word in us. Amen. It's the word in us. We use the word. We're believers. It's it's like a carpenter. How does a carpenter perfect his trade? He uses his tools. His saw, his drill, his hammer. He perfects his trade. He uses those tools. Folks, we need to use our tools. And it's the word of God. Amen. The devil does not run my life. He is not going to run my life. The devil can't kill me. He tried to do that in Vietnam. He failed. And he tried to do it a couple of times after that. He cannot kill me because greater is he who is in me, who is, uh, greater is he who is in me than who is in the world. Amen. And I boldly say this, and I hope the devil hears it because he's listening. There's not a disease out there that can attach itself to my body and kill me. There is not, if I believe what the Word says. I said, if I believe what the Word says. Because Jesus came to heal, didn't he? Yes, he did. So if he came to heal and I go for healing, there's nothing that I would bring to him that's going to surprise him when I believe that Jesus is my healer. And if I believe that he is my healer, what am I? I'm healed. I'm the healed of God. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. In in all of God's wisdom, there's not one time you'll ever find him say, I can't. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Amen. Don't give him any place. Don't give him any space. Don't give him a door to walk through. Don't give him an opportunity to where he can get, even get in a, a foot in the door. Don't allow him to do that. Yeah. Neither give place to the devil. 
James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Is that the word? Is that what God is saying? Yes, he is. See, that's the word. It's written. It's written. Amen. To don't give place to the devil. It's written to submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Two things you got to do. You got to submit. Amen. You got to submit to the word of God. In other words, that word submit means to surrender to another's authority. But you don't have to surrender to the authority of the adversary. You need to surrender to the authority of a living God who sent his son named Jesus down here. Amen. And that word resist, that word resist means to oppose, to work against. Now, who are we to resist? Not God, but we resist the adversary. We oppose all that he's trying to do to you and I and to all others that are trying to succeed in life. Amen. First Peter five. Let's look at this. We'll close with this. First Peter chapter five. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. First Peter chapter five, amen, verse eight. Says, Be sober, be vigilant, wake up, pay attention. Because I tell you folks, if we're not careful, the adversary and what's going on in our government will put you to sleep. And before you know it, you'll wake up in a communist socialist country and you won't know what happened. Be sober, be vigilant, because you're what? Adversary. Now your adversary is certainly not your pastor. Because if you'll read the word, the, 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 the Bible tells us that your pastor or a pastor looks over your souls. He cares about your souls. Not about making you happy or making you smile. But he watches over your soul. Like a parent would watch over, them, over their children when they see danger coming. Uh, what was that space movie a long time ago that... The little guy with red hair, his name was Will Robinson. Lost in space. He'd be close to getting in trouble and that robot would say, Danger, Will Robinson! Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! (laughs) Well, that's kind of like your pastor. And I don't know about all the other pastors you have. I'm me. And this is what you get. Because I'm liable to say, Danger, Joe! Danger, Joe! You need to listen to me, Joe. Vicky, why? Because the pastors, they care for your souls. They want you to win. They want you to succeed. Amen. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, it's not your husband, your wife, your friend, your family member? And, and if, we're, if we're not careful, we get cross-haired with one another because we don't believe just exactly like each other. 
There's one, let me tell you something, folks. There's one way into heaven, and that's through Jesus. That's the most vitalist, important thing you ever hear preached in a church. You must be born again. There's no other message more important than that. This church needs Jesus. Your families need Jesus. My families need Jesus. Amen. The most important thing. Amen. Some of the other things we may disagree on, but it's sure not worth letting us get upset about, is it? Is it? I said, is it? (laughs) Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as, didn't say was. The lions make a lot of noise. And people with a lot of dark clouds and no rain, they make a lot of noise. (laughs) Because it's not every rain cloud has rain. Just makes noise. Thunder clouds make a lot of noise, but there's no rain. Rain is the product of fruit. Takes rain to water the ground. Takes the rain of the Holy Spirit to get in your life and cause you to grow. Hallelujah. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he whom he may what devour, who he can eat up, who he can mess up, who he can tear up. He's always out there. Don't think he's not. Just about when you think you're two steps ahead, here he comes and taps you on the shoulder. Oh, wait a minute. Come on. You order your own steps. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Whom, talking about the adversary, resist, oppose it, stop it. You don't have to, de- you don't have to let the devil run over you. Amen. You don't. You don't have to let him think that he is in charge of your life when sometimes it looks like he may be. He's not. You are. I said you are. Whom resist steadfast in all that you know? Absolutely not. Because including myself, there's not enough of us in here that know enough within ourselves to operate against the adversary in the spirit realm. We need him. And it's talking about operating by faith. By faith in him. By faith in his word. Amen. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions. Are accomplished. Come on now. Somebody has won in the same situation that you're facing today. It's already been accomplished. It's already won. Come on. We have already won. And it's because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Glory to God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Yeah, you got a question, Craig?
Well, he's got it from me, and he already got it from God, so nothing's wrong. Let's just go on. Maybe we've learned something. Amen? Maybe we've learned something, and that's a good thing, too. It is all about love. All that Jesus ever did was motivated by love. But, folks, I want to tell you, there's a real devil out there. There is a real devil out there, and we need to distinguish between him and what God wants us to have. Yeah. Amen. Folk, we're in a fight. It's called the fight of faith. Amen. But the thing about it is, we've already won. We just have to line up with what his word has already said. You've already got the victory. We've just got to receive what his word says about it. Amen? We've already got an insight into victory because he gave it to us. Amen? But don't let the adversary lollygag you over this. Amen? And don't don't any of you take this home. What happened between Craig and I as far as him and I go and God, it's over. So don't you let it linger anywhere. Don't you let it linger anywhere. Because really, it wasn't between you. It was between me and him. And what God did. And and, and through good correction. Amen. Come on now. God knows what he's doing. I said God knows what he's doing. So we're going to give him all the praise. I believe everybody in here is saved. I believe they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal saved. Maybe you're in here this morning, you're saved, but you've never been been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If that's you and you'd like to receive that experience, you know, I want to encourage you to come on. We'd be glad to pray with you. It's a gift. It's free. It's between you and God. Amen. You do already have the Spirit of God in you when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but there's something else He wants to give you. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It's for believers. It's for anyone who wants to receive that baptism. That's up to you. That's your choice. Am I going to go to heaven without it? Yes, you will. But it sure is good to know that you got some extra ammunition when you need it. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Rudy dismisses.